afternoons, Christian and King, ESPN New Hampshire, streaming live on ESPNNH.com and streaming live on TuneIn. Nice to have you with us this afternoon. A simply beautiful day here. Well, it's a lot different than it was. On December 1st, 2016, going out with a bang. How you doing, Tom? Yeah, you know, it's not raining. It's not day of dark and dreary, which I love. But it was getting old. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This is we this have is microphone starting issues. already right, right now, really? We have microphone issues, and you didn't even do it. I am in no mood. That's hard to believe. You didn't do that to it. Didn't sleep much last night. Yeah. You just did that microphone. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. It's hanging around. A little thing like this yeah. could go a long way today. I know. It. Oh, just don't get zapped. I got to tell you, I am really tired. Just don't get zapped. Don't All worry. Right. Don't worry, the Celtics defense will carry you all the, way, the no, rest of the no, way through no, the day. No, no, they won't. Yes, they will. They, they will, will carry not. you the rest of the way through the day. What happened to the Boston Celtics? What was that last night? They're, Every single one all of your the starters worry, all, had 19 points or more all on, the, on your, Detroit. All your worries, all your fears and predictions from what you saw like the first three weeks of the season that I was just laughing off have mm. come, come true. Yeah, they have. <laughs> you know, kind of not all that surprising when you consider they don't have any – presence on the glass whatsoever they don't play very good defense outside of two guys and none of them can shoot outside of one guy I mean that's that's it this is not a good team well it's not playing well right now they haven't been playing well all yeah. year well I mean I'm trying to think and of what I have the, a feeling if, if trying to think of what's the difference from, from last year who did who are they missing that they that they that they had last year nobody Sullinger's not here Turner, oh yeah Turner's but, not there well, Sull- well yeah you liked Evan Turner but I did I like Evan Turner I don't think Evan Turner he's not doing anything in Portland no I don't think he's gonna but he was a good difference. fit here and he made that second unit a lot better mm. and that now I I mean if if the starters aren't getting it done no one is Kelly Olenek off the bench has been okay but he's the only secondary scorer outside of Avery Bradley that can take any of the weight off Isaiah Thomas you're getting not much from Horford Jalen Brown's minutes are disappearing. Jonas Jerebko, I think, only played 15 minutes. Marcus Smart can't shoot, save his life. I mean, this is, you know, this is a real issue here. Right. And that was something Turner could do. Not that this team would just instantly be better if they traded back for Evan Turner, but, you know, it's certainly uh, something that you notice, and I don't know what to make of this rebounding. I mean, this is this is 52-33. to 33. They almost got out-rebounded by 20 yesterday. Well, obviously, David Van, Lee had 15 rebounds uh, against him. Obviously, Van Gundy stressed it, you know, uh, knowing that that was probably a, a problem that they had when they lost to him earlier. Mm. So, uh, you know, that was that was a point of emphasis, and and especially when, I think it always should be a point of emphasis. Any NBA team, if you re, if you control the boards, you usually should be able to control the game. Yeah, you know, I mean, the old Pat Riley saying, "No rebound, no rings." You know, that's no rebounds, no rings, mm-hmm. and and. You know that's the the th- the deal is is if you if it's all effort rebounding is all effort, you know it really is. And Van Gundy got maximum effort out of his players last night. And size a little bit. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt about it. I mean, it. you need to have guys who can yeah. who are big enough to box people out. Like Amir Johnson, for example. I thought he's taking a huge step back this year. Yeah. He only played 15 minutes last night. He was useless out there. Yeah, they've got. I mean, they've got holes in what they're doing. I mean, it, you know, and it, maybe something will camouflage those later on, and they'll go on a streak. Usually, takes a good point in the schedule to do that. Yeah, you know, weak, weaker teams. And they did just win three in a row on a on a road trip, right? But, but last, it was against Brooklyn, and you know, yeah, it was against weaker teams. Yeah, exactly. You know, 
But, you know, to, uh, give, up, NBA, to give up 121 points the NBA, to Detroit, they're not a good offense. You know, it's funny, team. though. You know, it's I don't know why this happens in the NBA a lot, but in the NBA, when you're on a road trip and you come home, all of a sudden, it just doesn't, it, it, they don't, teams don't play well right away. Detroit's 3-8 and eight on the road, by the way. Yep. Not a good road team. No. Uh, they're starters. Markeith Morris, uh, 20 points on 8 of 13 shooting. Or Marcus Morris, sorry. Uh, Tobias Harris, yep. 9 of 20 shooting, 21 points. Yep. Andre Drummond, 20 points, 17 rebounds. Uh, Ish Smith, the shoot, uh, their point guard, 9 of 12 shooting, 19 points. And Cantavius Caldwell-Pope, 10 of 17 from the floor, 25 points. That's over 100 points just from their starters. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's every single one of them except Ish Smith had 19 points. Everybody had 20 points or more in the starting lineup. For the Celtics, by the way, Isaiah Thomas, 27, Bradley, 14, Crowder, 14, Amir Johnson, 11, Horford, 9, and Kelly Olenek, 19 off the bench. Smart, 4 of 14, 2 of 8 from three-point range for 12 points. How many I flops? Mean, <laughs> three fouls. How many flops? I don't know. <laughs> they, don't, they don't record that in the uh, ESPN box. That's too bad. Me. You know, Jonas Jerebko, Jalen Brown played four minutes in this game. Zeller, five minutes. How bad is Tyler Zeller that when you're getting out-rebounded by 20, you still you can't keep him on the bench for yeah. five, all but five minutes? Brown's minutes are going to be reduced as time goes on. Reduced from four? No, I mean, just overall. <laughs> I mean, he's played a lot more than that. Well, when Crowder was out, yeah. Yeah, he's played a lot more, but his minutes are going to be reduced. How do you reduce them from four? I, overall. Okay. I'm not saying. So he's four now, and it's probably going to be the norm. In other right. words, his minutes from what they were. I thought you meant they were going to get reduced no, from here. No, because you saw a lot of him the first mm-hmm. uh, first. Well, that's uh, they're already being first reduced. quarter of the season. They're his all... minutes will be reduced over the over the long haul. I mean, it's already starting. It's already happening. Right. And maybe it'll you know he'll play his way back into it or something. But right now it's uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe they just don't trust. I don't. I don't know exactly what. A rookie. Is. You know they don't yeah. they don't trust him in certain situations. Mm-hmm. And they try to bring him along a little. You know. That they don't want to throw him to the fire. Right. He's 19. He's 19. I covered kids at Riv that are older than he is. <laughs> it's the third pick in the draft. I, oh, I know. No, he's a good player. But, you know. Four minutes. And he's 20, by the way. Oh, he's now he's 20? Yeah, he turned 20 in October. Oh, they have a little party for him with little hats and yeah. cake and everything else. Soda and cake. Yeah, exactly. With the Chuck E. Cheese. Yep, a little bit. <laughs> What's that place on Daniel Webster? Is it still open? That that big oh, the fun fun world. Yeah, I I don't know. I I, I I've seen it's still there. I don't know if it's open though. Fun. Well, it's an indoor part of it. There's right, an indoor arcade there. So well, every time I've driven past, I uh, don't see anybody there. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I can't see the whole parking lot. I'm not sure, but right. uh, that's you know. Oh, I think it is. I, I remember going there when I was a kid. Yeah, I, I think it. it cool. I, I think it is, especially during still operating. I think so, because then you get school vacation weeks, and then you know, True. pack them in. Probably. I like. Uh, I haven't been there in a while, but I'll tell you what I really like is fun. <laughs> fun spot up in Laconia. Yeah, I've been up there. Okay, I, I think, well, maybe I drove by. Yes, I think I drove by it on the way to uh, Interlakes. No, on the way to Laconia. I mean, on the way to the high school. Oh, okay. Yeah, because yeah, I had to go. The last sense. couple of years, I've had to go up there for. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, soccer. you would have to go up there. That yeah. makes sense. Uh, Fun Spot was an arcade that, you know, when I was a kid, we used to go to it was just an arcade. That was when people went to arcades, you know, because not everybody had, like, a home entertainment right. system yet. Right, right. And what happened was a lot of arcades started closing down once everybody got Nintendos and Genesis and Super Nintendo, 64, all that stuff. They wouldn't go to arcades as much anymore. 
But what Funspot did, which is really cool, is they kept all the really old games, like the games you played when you were, you know, in your 50s. <laughs> games that came out in the 60s. Uh, merry-go-round. That's, that was all I did, you know. <laughs> like the original Pong and, you know, these really old, really cool-looking uh, pinball machines and stuff like that, you know? Oh, yeah. And they kept them there. And they preserved Ski-ball. them. And they turned it into, like... Ski-ball. There's ski-ball, too, definitely. Yeah, there's ski-ball. And uh, they they made it into, like, a video game museum. Right. And there's little plaques, and you can play all the games, and there's little plaques that explain, like, where they were made and, you know, the technology they used and how this was, like, a revolutionary game and stuff like that. The right. first game with a bike that you could sit on and, you know, all that stuff. It's really cool. It's real. Like, I go there now, and I, I still enjoy myself as much as I did when <laughs> I was uh, much younger. Fun spot. Yep. Check it out next time you're up there. Uh, usually I'm not on my way to a tournament game. So it's, well, uh, you know. carve out an hour, go up there, get yeah. some tokens, and then uh, and, play some pong. Play some pong. Yeah, or yeah. asteroids or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll be good. Yeah. Were you ever a pinball guy? Uh, no, I was a ski ball guy. I like ski ball. I think when I was really little, you can play really, ski ball when I was really to little. your heart's content. Yeah, and you can win yeah, tickets. I think so. And then you can turn those tickets course, in course and buy if, little plastic uh, rings with bugs on them. Of course, if I go in there, mm-hmm. what do you think they're going to do? They might have someone follow you around. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Make sure you don't get too close yeah, to any kids. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kids still have, like, birthday parties there. I could see you walking in going, hey, can I have some cake? <laughs> I know. it. No kidding. You know? I mean. Excuse well, like, me. Yeah. I, Uncle yeah, Tom's that, here. That pizza looks really good, kid. <laughs> you remember me, right? That'll yeah. be Uncle Tom. You Uncle remember Tom. me? Yeah, right. that's it. There's a bar in Fun Spot, too. Oh, they'd definitely be following me around. Oh boy, going to the fun spot bar. Oh, that's all. Cool. That, oh, that's all you needed. That's all I would need to do. Show up, you know. Show up. Uh, Hands are tired from playing a little NBA Jam. You go in. Show there, up inebriated a to a tournament, high school tournament <laughs> game. That's exactly what I need to do to keep my job. Huh? Tom, where you been? Well, I got drunk at the arcade. Yeah, and... I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, put that down on my mileage slip. You know. Yeah. Oh, Expense account, please. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Can I write that off? I ordered a pizza the other day. She goes, here, you want the receipt for the expense account? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's, good that's, one. that's funny. That's a good one. Yep. Um, got a big show today. Uh, the uh, main topic we've been, well, that I've been hearing everyone talk about last night and this morning is uh, it was, we talked about it a little bit yesterday, but the Schilling Hall of Fame thing has gotten What's the big taken deal? on a life of its own What's now. What's the big deal? Yeah, nothing else to talk about? Pretty much. Then that blowhard, whether Kinda. he gets in the Hall of Fame or well, not? Well, it's more about Shaughnessy at this point. I don't care about that. And the other guy, uh, John Heyman. Oh, who, yeah. Who voted for him previously, and now we're saying, nope, now I won't anymore. Yeah. Who cares? I don't think it's a big deal. People care. I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I, you know, I just, I just don't think Kurt Schilling is worth anybody's time. <laughs> you know? Do you think he's a Hall of Famer? He's borderline at best. I mean, I would have to. I'd say borderline I, at I best, would, too, I but what puts him over the edge for me is the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that look, put That pushes look, him in for if me. If he's in, then Jack Morris ought to get in. Mm. Oh, Morris was dominant in the playoffs. He was, he won, that's true. You know, I mean, really, I mean, this, I don't I don't know. I got to put him up against the other people that are that are in there. I, I just don't think he's got the, the, if a guy's borderline, then he probably shouldn't get in. You know, see, you know what I mean? Hall of Fame is like, wow. Yeah. Wow. And I get that, but I also hate that argument at the same time. I know, but still, that's my opinion. Wow. That's so Hall every individual person who says wow to a certain thing is, you know. Like, no, no. I'm just saying Hall of Fame screams wow. This guy was dominant. He was great, you know. Yeah, jeez. 
don't know. I really don't. You know? Kurt Schilling had better numbers than Morris. Yeah, no, I, I know that. I know that. 216 and 146 with a 346 ERA. 216 and 146. That's who? That's Schilling. Morris is 254 and 186. He played yeah. longer. No, uh, Morris, higher ERA. Morris has got more wins. Fewer strikeouts. Morris has got a lot more wins. He played well, longer. Yeah, Morris wasn't a big strikeout guy. Well, he had a higher ERA, too. Yeah. Uh, Schilling played from 88 to 07. Morris played from 77 to 94. So, 17 do a little years quick math there. That's 17, 17 for him. And, uh, but yeah, about were, 17 for Schilling, the, too, because he didn't start with the Orioles until, like, 91. Right, but the World Series stuff. Morris won for Toronto, and he won with Minnesota. Uh, and he was really good with Detroit overall. I don't think he was in a series with Detroit. So, um, oh, he might have been with he might have been in a series with Detroit, seventy seven and ninety four. Uh, yeah, he might have been in a, in a series. He might have pitched for that eighty four Tigers team. He did pitch for the eighty four Tigers. Yes, yeah. So he pitched in that World Series, I'm sure. And then the other two and came he pitched with, uh, with uh, Detroit and then with uh, Toronto Min- and, and Minnesota. Minnesota. Yep. You know, and I think he won in all three, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, that's he's five time All Star, four time World Series champ, World Series MVP, uh, wins leader twice, strikeout leader once, no hitter, Schilling, six time All Star, three time World Series, World Series MVP, NLCS MVP, two time wins leader, two time strikeout leader. Very similar. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. So it's either I, I, I don't wouldn't put one over the other, and I certainly wouldn't class you know vote. For Morris over Schilling because of, you know, Schilling's ridiculous Facebook stuff. No, I, but you I, can you know? take a closer look at their numbers, and I think Schilling comes out better. <sighs> Boy, I don't, yeah, I guess so. I, I, yeah, I, I guess. I just thought, I always thought Morris, because Morris has been up first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I always thought Morris should have, I, I thought Morris could have gotten in. You know? Schilling's uh, career ERA plus 127. Morris's career one ERA plus one hundred five. Now that is not the, to be all end all plus? stat, but that's just sort of a more advanced ERA uh, that takes into account like uh, ballparks and you know certain things like that. Right. And that's it's just a little bit more sophisticated version of ERA. That's right. All. Right. Um, and Schilling's better there. Uh, strikeout to walk ratio was I think a little better. Let's see. Um, WHIP was one point one three seven for Morris. Uh, it was one point two nine six. Uh, strikeout to walk ratio for the career for Morris is 1.78. For Schilling, it was uh, 4.38. So that's substantially better. Mm-hmm. Um, neither one of them ever won a Cy Young. Mm-hmm. They were both multiple All Stars, both playoff studs, mm-hmm. both multiple World Series champions. I mean, there's yeah, there's a lot of reasons. There's I think, a lot. There's a lot for. I'd I mean, say they're both borderline. Say, Schilling gets I, the say, slight nod. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I guess you know his uh, numbers are better. Yeah. That's all. I mean, that's it. By how much? I mean, I mean, not by much. By a I mean, little, not by a lot. I mean, Morris won more games. Yeah, he won more games. Two hundred fifty-four. It's a lot of wins. Yeah, it is. You know, five hundred and sixty-nine games for Schilling, and uh, five hundred and forty-nine for Morris. So he won yeah, see, more games. A, there's, fewer, there's compelling yeah. arguments for both. You know, there mm. there are. You know, I'd put them, man, I'd put them both in. I wouldn't put one in without the other in my mind. Then again, Schilling didn't play his, like, he didn't play his first full season until 
1991. That was four years in. Well, they had different different times of careers. Right. More. Yeah. But he he came into the league in '88 and didn't play his first full season until '91. Yeah. Morris came into the league in '77 uh, and then in '78 pitched 100 innings, '79 197. Schilling didn't pitch 75 innings until he was 24. Didn't have a first real season. Uh, 226 innings until his fifth season in the majors. Mm-hmm. So that's when he really started becoming a starter and pitching a lot of innings. And then he pitched a lot of innings after that. So, I mean, you know, it's – but to say it's more like a – it's a 20-year career technically, but it's really more like 15 years. Yeah. Which know. is about the same as Morris, really. Did he pitch out of the bullpen when he first came up? Schilling? Yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yep. In Houston, I think, I want to say he was yep. a bullpen pitcher. I mean – I don't think Schilling's going to get in. I don't think Morris is going to get in. Okay. I think they should get in, but I, they won't. Do you think there's anything anyone can do or say at this point that should uniformly keep them out of any Hall of Fame? That could keep them out? Yeah. Well, I mean, Morris has been up several times. He I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about character stuff. I'm talking about Shaughnessy... You know, the oh, Darren I mean, Sharper I mean, we debate we're going to be having. Yeah, we went through here. that. Yeah, we went through that yesterday, right? I mean, with I mean, the character stuff right now doesn't doesn't phase me one bit. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't bother me a bit. You know, right? Because I, because I, it could bother other people is, and these yeah, human this beings is, voting see, on my, these things. Yeah, so, you mean yeah. see my, you know, my my impression of Schilling is he's you know, he basically is a blowhard. Okay, mm-hmm. he just says what's on his mind without even thinking. And, you know, has a lot of free time on his hands, so he twiddles around with his phone and posts stuff and copies stuff and tweets stuff out and everything else. Mm-hmm. And that's his amusement for the day, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, that has nothing to do with his baseball career, in my mind. Right. Nothing to do with it. I agree. You know? Nothing. Not a, not a blessed thing. What if he uh, started tweeting about, you know... Exterminating all the Jews in the world, yeah, I, I, and how you know, you know he wishes that you know that just a white man could. Pro- I'm not saying he ever said this. No, no. So you talk, you make white supremacy tweets, right? Not no, just no, white no. supremacy tweets, but let's yeah, you know, let's yeah. Yeah. Re- ethnic cleanse. I mean, is there anything like? Is there anything someone can say that would make you not? Yeah, you know, I don't know all that political stuff. I really don't know. I, I, I mean, I have a heart. I just, the only thing they could say to you is, no, you can't have a bite exactly. of that. Exactly. <laughs> that keeps him out permanently. That's it. You there's, know? Nothing, there's nothing anyone no, can say that would, okay. No, not really. No. That's, that, Even that, full-blown Nazi. No, no. Really? Yeah. Huh. No. Because okay. it's all baseball. It has nothing to do with baseball. In the character clause, I wouldn't you know, pay a whole lot of it. The character clause, I would pay more attention to while they were a player. You know what I mean? Okay. While they were a player. Mm-hmm. I'm voting for them. When you're voting for a Hall of Famer, right? But all we know here, about here, stuff but is here's what we know, thing. you know? When you're voting for a Hall of Famer, mm-hmm. right, you're voting for what they did during their career. Right. So I think anything else you throw in there should be what they did during their career. And what they've done after, I, I, you know, I... Sharper? You know? Sharper? I, I, I told you I would have a... I would have a, a Sounds like you'd vote for him. I, yeah, I think I probably would with his numbers, mm. you know. But I told you what I would do. I would throw in there that you you vote for him, you put him in, but you don't, you know, have this. I mean, obviously, he's well, he'd have be, to get a furlough. He's going to be in jail, that, yeah. but you don't have anybody speak on his behalf. All right, which somebody would, you know, they might have somebody do. He won't get in because right. there's a lot of other writers who won't vote for him. I'm sure they won't do it. 
Yeah. You know? They, they you know, they, they simply won't do it. But also, also, there's no... But see, they no, should. See, there's no character clause. You're right. You know? But, you know what? But there's so, also nothing stopping a writer from saying, I can't, I can't do this. Yeah, exactly. This yeah, guy, no, I know. Yeah. I refuse to honor this guy. Right, exactly. Because it is still an honor, right? It, it's an honor, and you don't want to do it. Right, exactly. And it's put in the hands of a bunch of people. Who all have different interpretations of what character that's is, why first the, of all. That's I mean, what there's no character clause. I, I'm saying in baseball, but yeah, right. you know, in, in, in football, even if it's not in there. Schilling's, Schilling's political stuff isn't going to affect two-thirds of the writers that vote in that Hall of Fame thing. It's going to affect only the ones who really pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. You know, See, I, I, if I was voting, I don't pay attention to it. To him. You know, I just don't take anything he does seriously. Yeah. Including the Senate. I can't wait to see him. Not run for Senate. <laughs> oh, God, that's going to be the shortest campaign ever. Yeah, probably. You know? Although I don't know what's what anymore. Yeah, I know. I know. Exactly. But still, I, my guess would be he would, he, you know, he, he, he'd trip all over that. Yeah, he probably would. I know who would speak uh, at Darren Sharper's Hall of Fame inauguration. Jazz is like jello pudding. Oh, God. Oh, my Lord. We're going to take a break. 603-883-9900 is your phone number. 883-9900. Uh, text in at 845-827-1250. It's Christian and King. Give these guys a call at 603-883-9900. It's ESPN New Hampshire. Every big sports moment can be heard right here on ESPN New Hampshire. Classic is shot. Down in front. Picked up by Crosby. Lobbed down the ice. And the Pittsburgh Penguins have won the Stanley Cup. Flips to Jenkins. Three for the win. It's good. Steps back, puts up a three, won't go, final seconds, it's over, it's over. Cleveland is a city of champions, the Cavaliers are NBA champions. We've got it all here, this is ESPN New Hampshire. The Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month is brought to you by Apple Therapy. Visit AppleTherapy.com. This is Laura Stelchik with Elise Jolly from Merrimack High School. Can you tell me a little bit about some of your activities at school? I am a part of the Merrimack Volleyball Flag. I'm on the swim team and the track and field team in the spring. I do student council. What would you say the swim, lacrosse, basketball, track and field have in common? Anything? <laughs> the team atmosphere experiences you have with each team within and the sport you find between the teams. What is it like? like to know that you're leaving your school that you've been so involved in with your friends and all your activities to know that you're going to be leaving that are you excited or are you nervous it's exciting to see what else the world has to offer and what else is out there but at the same time having to like leave your comfort zone and throwing yourself out there is a little nerve-wracking because you built so much and like i'm going to be different to like elise where are you looking at going to school playing volleyball at the university of delaware in new york so i'm really excited to be down there i'm looking at maybe doing something along like biology and the biological sciences. And who would you say has influenced you the most in your academics? I would say that my siblings, I have both worlds of siblings, and one of them, my brother James, has definitely led me to be who I am today. Um, and Tammy Lambrow, because she has been there for me for the past five years. That was Elise Jolly, Apple Therapy Student Athlete of the Month for October. Nominate your son or daughter. Sign up now at ESPNNHradio.com. 
With six New Hampshire locations, Apple Therapy's comprehensive orthopedic rehabilitation clinics offer convenient access to a wide variety of services. Apple Therapy uses the latest technology and treatment techniques such as trigger point dry needling, active release techniques, running gait video analysis, and Graston technique. Plus, they are networked to most providers in all insurance companies. Apple Therapy is located in Amherst, Bedford, Manchester, Nashua, Londonderry, and Executive Health Club. For more information and access to their video library, visit AppleTherapy.com. How would you like your office to be located in the heart of downtown Manchester? The former Ted Hebert's building at 922 Elm Street is ready to house your business. With over 28,000 square feet available, the time is right for your business to maximize this rare opportunity. Again, there is now office space available at 922 Elm Street, the old Ted Hebert's building, but it won't last long. Contact Tom Finney at 603-647-6800 or visit loopnet.com. Have you suffered a motor vehicle injury and need professional assistance? Do you need a team that gets you back on track and taking the green? That team for you is Bardis Law. Bardis Law has three attorneys and two paralegals that can assist you if you've been injured in an accident. Athletes get injured on the field and on the track all the time. Routine injuries can be expected in sports. Accidents are not anticipated in everyday activities. If you get injured in a motor vehicle accident, call Bardis Law at 603-420-8588 or visit www.bardislaw.com. We all have our mountains, the challenges that push us further. At Coors Light, our mountain is brewing the world's most refreshing beer. That's why all of our breweries cold lager to give Coors Light its signature crisp taste. It's why we cold filter to ensure brilliance and clarity. And it's why we package cold to seal in Coors Light's refreshing flavor. Because we believe every climb deserves a refreshing finish. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Great beer, great responsibility. It's Sunday sit-down with Jared Scaley. The salary cap is going through the roof. Insane. The money is going to be 10 times worse than what it is this year. So, yes, that contract was 15 a year, 15 and change a year. If that happened, if he signed that deal now, that's 20 a year because of where the salary cap's going. All right. Numbers are going to be inflated. NBA fans are obscene, are going to be obscene seeing some of the numbers that are going to come out in the next yeah. couple years. And a lot of outrages, and we're going to talk about it in here. We're going to talk, everyone's going to talk I mean, about it. The numbers are going to be stupid. Every Sunday from 11 to 1 on ESPN New Hampshire. Here's what you missed last week on the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Tristan Cockcroft of ESPN.com is our guest. At quarterback, for example, he's got the Browns giving up a whole lot of fantasy points lately, but they're actually not the top matchup for quarterbacks because if you take the strength of, of opponent, it kind of brings them back down to a top 10 matchup, but not, not the top one. So it's another one of your mathematical schemes, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Get your football Sunday started the right way with the Fantasy Champion Show, Sundays at 10, only here on ESPN New Hampshire Radio. Monday night, Thursday night, and the NFL triple letter. Nobody does the NFL like ESPN New Hampshire. All right, so you heard Jeff Fisher the other day talking about Danny and Brandon. Well, Danny was talking about having now, you sure it wasn't Woodhead? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Because Talking was, about guys out of the backfield, he, I thought. He, well, you said other guys that, that make plays. There's big guys that make plays all around. I think in his mind he had switched to other positions. Mm-hmm. So I think he was talking about Amendola. But Bolden? Where did he come up with that one? I don't know. Is, it Bol- is Bolden hurt? Is I think hurt? so. I think he is. I mean, we haven't heard from him in a long time. He hasn't played at running back. I haven't seen him on special teams. No, I think he did get hurt. I think hurt. he's hurt and yeah. out of there. So, I mean, Fisher's just, you know. Fisher's Fisher's not long for that job. 
I don't think. Yeah. I think he knows it. Uh, My guess is Bolden that... did get hurt back uh, on October 3rd, but yeah. it was not season-ending, so uh, he right. might be back. He might be back. Well, he's not on any injury reports when we see it, so that's why I figure he's either not with the team or he's... It says he avoided... Either he's not with the team or he's just out there and they're just not using him that much. You know? I can't remember the last time I saw him play. Mm. Yeah. That's you know? Good. Really? So... Yeah, I mean, Fisher's just out. I mean, I, I, I think they're going to womp this team on Sunday. I think so, too. I really, really think that. They're starting a rookie quarterback who doesn't know what he's doing. I think they're going to crush this team. I, I really do. Yeah. You know, I mean, all their problems aside. You know, oh, you know, the defense, 49 points, come on. You know, this is a bad team. And it's not going to get any better this year. And Fisher's going to be gone. I'm I'm pretty sure. You know they'll yeah. try they'll try to get some flash and dash in there in terms of a coach and stuff like that to try to get, sell some tickets. I'm trying to figure out what happened to Bolden. Maybe he's just not playing. Could be. If that's the case, he won't be here next year. Yeah. You yeah. know. Figured. But he's always been one of Belichick's favorites because he does a lot of different things. But right. they haven't they haven't used him. Brandon I mean, Bowman got... hasn't played an offensive snap since week seven. His last carry came in week one against the Cardinals. He's seen four targets this year and dropped two. Uh, since dropping a pass in Pittsburgh, he's not been used offensively. If he hasn't been used offensively, he's being used in one role and one role only in that special team. I haven't and seen him on special teams. I haven't, I haven't looked. I haven't Have heard his name. I mean... No, I haven't heard his name. He's not used to return kicks. He's not doing anything. Has he ever used the return kicks? He's been in a, a couple times here and there, hmm. you know, especially if somebody's gone out. Yeah. You know, somebody's been hurt. And by the way, Edelman missed yesterday, not because of the foot, but because of the birth of his daughter, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, he left to go to L.A. That's right. Yeah. He did. Uh, so, <laughs> takes away that theory, but I bet Edelman, Edelman would have been limited in practice anyway been limited ever since yeah it's true you know been limited all year they asked jeff fisher about the uh comments yes he said he was talking about danny amendola because he played for the rams right he also said that brandon was bold and that fisher has a flip card listing the opponent's players at each position in front of him for all conference calls Ooh. but if that's the case how come james white Deion lewis you know he's got a flip he needs a flip card yeah Really? I don't know if he needs it, but he has it. <laughs> ay ay ay. Because they do those once a week. They do it with the other team's media. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievable. What is Jeff you Fisher? Know, you like, know. What does he do? Like, you know? <laughs> I don't know. What's good about it? Well, how, what well makes Fisher him... came. Fisher was a defensive coordinator. He Not that a... they all have to be Belichick and right. be ultra crazy prepared and know everybody's name and history and who their third grade math teacher was, but like Fisher, I don't fi- think Fisher knows who's on the team. Fisher, really. Fisher was a defensive coordinator. I think his history is he learned under Buddy Ryan. You know, either he was a defensive assistant to Ryan when Ryan was a coordinator, or whatever. With I, I, I think with the old Houston Oilers. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm trying to remember, and the Eagles as well. Fisher, Fisher was a co- an assistant coach with the Eagles, and then he got the Titans' head job because I think he was on that Oilers staff that moved 
to Tennessee, okay? Mm-hmm. And then eventually he got the Titan job, and he got a quarterback in McNair and had success in Tennessee when he took them, you know, took them to a Super Bowl. And they lost to the Rams, mm-hmm. which was one of his old teams. And then, uh, you know, and, and he coached forever in Tennessee. And then he started losing, and they got wise to him and said, okay, this guy's not going to help us any better because he doesn't have a quarterback, doesn't have an offense. We're getting killed. Right. So then he got fired. And I think that he got hired right away by the I, – I think he went from one head job to the other, to the Rams. No, he didn't. No, he was 2010, something happened in 2011. I forget what it was. But there's a break. Yeah, there's a break in the record. Like the there box is. The well, there line. would be a break in the coaching in the coaching record in terms of ones and losses. But, I mean. No, no, no. I mean, he didn't do any. He wasn't a head coach in 2011. All right, okay. So, there was, so he wasn't. So maybe he, he might have been out of the game in 2011. Maybe. Let me see. So, and he's also, he's also a big wig in the league. On a, he's on the competition committee. Or at least he had been. Yeah, he took the season off in 2011. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's all it was. Yep. And then the Rams hired him in 2012. He hadn't won since, right? Right. He has the, has he had he's a, never had a winning season with the Rams. Right. No. They, I mean, seven, eight, and one, seven, nine, six, and ten, seven, nine. They're four and seven so far. This yeah, year. I mean, he's career seven. He's an average. He's an eight and eight, seven and nine guy. That's what he does. He's in his career, 22 years as a head coach. His record is 173, 163, he, and one. He's second. It's a 515 percentage in the playoffs. He's 11 and five. But he's second in career losses. Yeah. In the NFL. Now, because he's coached for so long. In NFL history? Yes. Really? I think he is. Hmm. Well, I'll be damned. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, Fisher just doesn't, you know, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't hire him. 22 years. That's a long time. It is a long time. But don't forget, he coached in Tennessee where it's a small budget, you know, it was a small budget team. You know, they were big, big spenders and everything else. And, and I think that, you know, it was almost like a Cincinnati situation. In the, uh, we, in the 2000s? Yeah, we got Yeah, we got him. Yeah, we got him. Let's keep him. You know, there's no reason to fire him and pay They him. had some superstars in those teams. Well, they had McNair. Eddie George and McNair. And Eddie George and, and McNair, right. But once those guys go, went, he couldn't get anybody else. Neil O'Donnell. You know, that's exactly it. See, they started to go downhill after McNair, McNair left. Derek Mason, he was a player. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to remember who was on those defenses. Samari Roll, Javon Curse. I mean, they were players. They had yep. players. Oh, yeah. Denard Walker. Uh, and he and he took and he took good players, mm. and they did what they're supposed to do. They went to one. They went to one Super Bowl with him. You know, mm-hmm. but he hasn't had a quarterback since McNair. No, that's true. You know, and you're not going to win without a quarterback. No, you're not. So if my guess is if the Rams think that Goff is going to be a quarterback, then they'll keep Fisher. If they don't, if they think that Goff is being mishandled by Fisher, then they won't keep Fisher. Yeah. And if they think Goff's not going to be that great, then they won't keep Fisher either. Fisher did win 13 games with Kerry Collins and Vince Young in 2008. Did he really? Yeah, they went 13 and 3 that year. Well, that was uh, 2008. When was when was McNair? Uh... Oh, that was McNair in the Super. When were they in the Super Bowl? Oh, that was way back in two thousand. That was ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah. 99. yeah okay. All right. So he did go thirteen and three with those, and that was after that big Patriots blowout win that we talked about. That right. That happened at Gillette. Mm-hmm. That was at that two or three years after that. 
In 2008, in the playoffs, they lost in the division round to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, despite going 13-3. and And the Ravens that year were 11-5. and And uh, ended up losing to the Steelers in the conference championship. Mm-hmm. Okay. But, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you know, but with the Rams, El Busto. Mm. Not very good. I think it's kind of ironic how Greg Williams, of all people, you know, that guy resurfaces, ends up with the Rams. And then when the Saints go down there and play him, they really stick they it to stick, him. They really did. You know, they really ran not, the score Not many of those guys are there, though. From, I know. Except for Breeze. And Peyton. Well, the head coach, the head coach yeah. and the quarterback, right, you know. I mean, they really, they really rubbed it in. Oh, yeah. 49 points. 500-something yards. Yep. <laughs> 49 point, yeah. They're doing trick That's plays. That's why up, all this. Three touchdowns. Now, Belichick said yesterday, well, the Rams have, you know, had given up 14 or less in like, I don't know, five games or something like that. Right. So, he says, you know, their defense is pretty good. Yeah, they so just, they're pretty good. They just had a bad day. <laughs> you know, my guess is they're going to have another bad day on Sunday. I think they're going to have a really bad day. I, I just really think that, I mean, I, I'm sorry. everybody. 555 total yards. Yeah. You know, you give up that to the Saints. What do you think you give up to the, the Saints? Did that to the Patriots in '09. Remember that? Oh yeah, that was the Monday night game. Yeah, the Saints. Saints. They, they can do that at put home. A beating on the Patriots. They in that can. Game. They, that was a good team. Yeah. I mean, they can do that. Was a Super Bowl team, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. They can do that at home. Yep. You know. So, but I mean, for the Rams, that was one of the most thorough ass whoopings the Patriots have had in the Belichick era. Oh, that, that they've been beaten that by? That Saints game? Yeah. They had no chance in that game. I can't remember the last time. When was the last time you saw a loss like that with this team? Uh, against Cleveland. Remember that random game they lost against Cleveland? Yeah, that wasn't a blowout. That was, I mean. Cleveland blew them out once. I don't think the Browns did. What was the final score of that game? I forget. It wasn't like this. It wasn't like the Saints game. They manhandled. They physically beat the them Peyton up. Peyton Hillis game. Yeah, they be- beat them up. But I don't think it was a, you know, I think they won by 10 points or something like that, wasn't it? I don't think they beat them like 30 to 13 or anything like that. Hold on. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But, you know, again, this Rams team is not that, not that good. It's a rookie quarterback. And, again, I'm telling you, they're going to make that defense look, you know, okay. All the issues. 2010, Browns beat him 34-14. Was it that much? Yes. Wow, I'm surprised. Peyton Hillis went for 184 yards oh, I remember and two that. touchdowns. Oh, yeah, that made Peyton That's Hillis. That's the last time the Browns beat the Patriots. That's the last time Peyton Hillis ever did it. But damn it, it happened. Yeah. 34-14, wow. 34-14. I watched that game. I, I thought it was closer at one point. Maybe the Browns pulled away. Ass whooping for the ages. Yep. Not, one, not something you see very often. Nope. Anyways. Patriots are going to whip the Rams' ass this weekend. And if they don't, even if they win, even if they win by 10, 13 points, I'm take, I, I'll am i tell you right now, whatever the, the spread, spread is, is I'm 13 taking the and a half I'm right taking now. the Patriots. Yep. And if they don't cover it, I'm going to be concerned. Yep. Okay? Yes. Yep. I, I agree. And I'm tired of people telling me that that's not okay. Oh, well, they win. They keep winning. I don't care. I don't care if they beat the Rams and Jeff Fisher. The Rams suck. I care if they beat the two teams coming up after that because those are the two teams 
that are not afraid of you. The Rams the Broncos, and Jeff Fisher absolutely are, are terrified oh, of Bill I know. Belichick. That's true. <laughs> Jeff Fisher's going to have to wear a diaper on the sideline. Uh, you know, I mean, this is this is going to be a massacre. No, what's going to happen is after the game, he's going to seek out Brandon Bolden and shake his hand. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to get the wrong guy. Yeah, exactly. He's going to be like shaking Chris Hogan's hand. Great job, Brandon. <laughs> We got to take a break. 603-883-9900 is the phone number. 883-9900. Notes from the Kingdom when we come back. Are you ready for some football? How about 5 NFL games a week all right here on ESPN New Hampshire? You can win tickets for the big Monday night game against Baltimore just by watching the Pats take on the L.A. Rams with ESPN New Hampshire and Bud Light. This is Pete Terrier inviting you to join me and Lindsay the Bud Light Girl for an ESPN New Hampshire Patriots viewing party at the Halligan Tavern in downtown Derry. We'll have lots of prizes and giveaways, and someone watching the Pats and Rams with us at the Halligan Tavern on Sunday will win a pair of tickets to the next New England home game on Monday night, December 12th. The Halligan Tavern, 32 West Broadway, or Route 102 in downtown Derry. Are you looking for an electrical contractor you can count on for insight, experience, and quality work? How about a partner who is dependable and operates with high integrity? The answer is Hammond Electric. Hammond Electric provides quality licensed electrical work for commercial, industrial, biomedical, and life sciences facilities in Massachusetts, southern New Hampshire, and southern Maine. Hammond Electric, powering your productivity. Please call 800-966-5040 or visit HammondElectric.com. The Sports Blast. Let's say the season ended today and they go to Toronto for one game playing in the wild card game. Who is your starting pitcher? David Price. Given how bad he's been this season, Dave, given how bad he's been in the playoffs in his entire career, you still go to Price? Yes. Why? Because he's the guy. Who has the best stuff in this starting rotation? Price. Thank you. That's all I need to know. One game, one day, who has the best stuff in your rotation? If it's David Price, that's your pitcher. Every Saturday from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Hey, American Express card members, there's never been a better reason to get out and shop small in your neighborhood. Because now, through December 31st, you could earn two times your rewards when you shop small with an enrolled American Express card. Learn more and enroll your eligible card today at AmericanExpress.com slash ShopSmallOffer. It always feels two times as good to support local stores, and now it's two times as rewarding. Prepaid and corporate cards, cards issued by other financial institutions. The Plum Card and certain other cards are not eligible. Reward cap and other terms apply. Have you been putting off a home improvement project because your budget's a little tight? Well, put it off no longer. Nashua Wallpaper is your one-stop decorating center for cabinets, countertops, paint and supplies, window treatments, and especially wallpaper and flooring. They offer wall coverings for your commercial, designer, and residential properties and work with top brands to give you the floor that you're looking for. Find out more at NashuaPaint.com. Hey Chelsea, guess what? I found out my friend at school is going to be moving into a new house. Oh really? That's cool. Where is she moving to? They don't know yet. They're still looking. Do you think they'll ever be able to find a house? Oh sure. Especially if they go to see Daddy at Pinnacle Mortgage. Right, Isabel? That's right, Chelsea. They'll get low rates, great service, and many options to choose from. You see, Pinnacle Mortgage offers FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, and New Hampshire Housing first-time buyers programs. Right, Owen? That's right. So, Maddie, you should tell your friend's parents to go see Dad and the staff at Pinnacle Mortgage. Pinnacle Mortgage. Call 603-883-9900. 603-883-9900. 
603-518-7900. Pinnacle Mortgage, 65 Market Street, Manchester, and online at PinnacleMTGCorp.com. Pinnacle Mortgage, NMLS, number 132-3739. Licensed by the New Hampshire Banking Department. Connecticut Mortgage Broker License Number, MB 132-3739. Main Loan Broker License Number, 132-3739. Kurt Stranson, NMLS number 22202. Equal Housing Opportunity. PinnacleMTGCorp.com. You're listening to the number one sports station in New Hampshire. ESPN New Hampshire. ESPN New Hampshire, nice to have you with us today. It's a beautiful day here on the 1st of December, 2016. And as we do every day, right around quarter of one, we get you caught up on what's going on here in New Hampshire. Tom King with Notes from the Kingdom. Here they are. Message for you, son. King in the castle, king in the castle. Notes from the Kingdom. Just one quick note. There's a story by George Cioti, my colleague in today's Telegraph, but it talks about Caroline Fisher from Bishop Girton. She was second in the Division One uh, Cross Country Championships back in uh, a month ago, uh, just over a month ago. It's already December. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she'll be headed to Oregon to compete in the Nike Nationals. So that's a pretty prestigious race. We've had other people in there. It's the Nike Cross Country Nationals at Glendover, Glendover Golf Course in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And you do that not just based on what your high school season is. You got to uh, you got to uh, qualify in in a, in another race. And she finished third with a run of 18 minutes 38.6 seconds in the Nike Northeast Regionals at Bowdoin Park in Wappingers Fall, New York. And that was Wappingers Fall. Wappingers Fall. I'm not familiar with that fall. It's uh, there's a lot of strange falls once you get beyond <laughs> Albany on your way to Buffalo, right. you know. It's, and so uh, that's um, uh, and that, that was done just this past weekend. That was done uh, November 26th, which was what uh, Saturday. So congratulations to her, and she'll compete. Uh, let's see, where is that? I'm not sure when that. It was later this month. Um, it's this weekend. She's leaving Thursday. Okay. She's leaving today to head out there so so that's uh that's the big note that i have today again it's in between seasons there's not a lot going on and uh all the high school teams are all all the winter sports teams are already practicing wrestling and swimming we've already had a head you know they've gotten a head start on everybody i think they're like a week or two i think they're in their second or third week swimming begins later next week a week from now for that, that season, and wrestling starts uh, sometime next week as well. So there you go. That's what we got. All right. We got a couple of notes for you here. Uh, in the Boston Globe uh, two days ago, I missed this the first time around, apparently New Hampshire residents have long thought their state motto had two options, live free or die, but the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire has a third idea, Tom King. Secede. <laughs> The five-member executive committee met last week and adopted a resolution calling for New Hampshire to secede from the union, recognizing that libertarianism is defined as self-ownership and recognizing that both our federal and state founding documents make it clear that we have the right of peaceful secession. I'm pleased the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire has resolved its support, said Roger Paxton, vice chairman of the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire. The resolution cites the New Hampshire Constitution that whenever the ends of government are perverted, and public liberty manifestly endangered, 
the people have the right to establish a new government. The idea of secession has been kicking around in libertarian circles for a few years. There's now a separate group called the Foundation for New Hampshire Independence pushing the idea. What do you think, Tom? You want to start your own country? I already have, haven't I? <laughs> Tom Pound is a, is a fortress of solitude. It's a, it's a place separate from all others. Right? If New Hampshire became its own country, yes. all of a sudden, you're a national journalist. That's true. You're a nationally syndicated, you know, well, I guess. Syndicated? No, I don't have the money. No, you're only in Nashua, so I guess right. I say it wouldn't be national. Right. If New Hampshire's a country and each town's a state, yeah. <laughs> Nashua would be kind of the, uh, what would Nashua be? If what Nashua would... was a state, what would it be? <laughs> Nashua. The state of Nashua. The state, I don't mean what would it be called. I mean, if it was a state in the United States, which one would it be? Rhode Island? That's a weird question. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Anyway, that's uh, going on there. I'm surprised you didn't uh, say anything about this, but the owner of the Seacoast Mavericks and the Collegiate Summer Baseball team yeah. have abandoned their plans for a baseball stadium in Brentwood. Well, that was a while ago. And uh, they're going to have it in, on the Seacoast now. That was a while ago. Well, it was just reported yesterday. Well, they're late on the story. Okay. I reported it back in, in August. Well, la di da I know. Brentwood, you know why? Wetlands Act. Oh, is that right? Yes. Did they officially where, abandon it back they, in August? Where they wanted to build, they could not. They found out that they could not build. We were told in August they weren't going to build, be building it. I was out there. Okay. For the, I was out there for the playoffs, and that's when all the talk was going on. Dave Hoyt said he plans to move ahead with the project on about a hundred acres of land off Spalding Turnpike, but declined to identify the community where the property is located. He said it will become public within the next month. That's, so maybe that's the that's story. The yeah, story. The story here is that. That's the story. Uh, the headline. is All right. So you know what that tells. So you know what that tells me. What. That tells me that that Seacoast is not going to be one of the teams is not going to be the the tenth team that was going to be contracted. See, there's they're thinking of going with nine teams next year. All right, okay, because of the fact that they don't have uh, there's one franchise that is probably going to fold up. My thinking is that franchise is one of two teams. In my mind, it's either going to be Wachusett or Torrington. Okay. All right. I'm thinking it's Wachusett, but, you know, it could be Torrington. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But Wachusett hasn't had Why much... do you think it'll be Wachusett? Why are you leaning towards them? It's, they play at a high school field. There's not much. There's, what, 50 people a game? Nobody shows up there. And, and the dimensions are so ridiculous that it's not, you know, it's not worth it. You know, they need a better facility. Yeah. And they're not going to get one out there. So, my guess is it's them, you know. But uh, and they haven't, you know, they haven't had any success at all. Torrington's had some limited success. Torrington does have; it's not a very good facility, but they do have a stadium type facility. Mm-hmm. Type facility. Well, it's like you. It's I mean, a stadium type. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, remember I showed you that picture of that warehouse? That was, yes. Yeah, that's gone. They took demolished. That, they, they demolished it. Yes, okay. thank God. <laughs> uh, also, Nashua. Yeah. Maybe uh, having a ski slope pretty soon. Being proposed in the Gateway Hills development in southern Nashua with other expansions to the technology park down there. The John J. Flatley Company will approach the Nashua City Planning Board tonight to introduce plans for a small ski hill and the construction of a new research and development facility off Exit 1. The slope, if approved, will sit on a portion of the 128-acre parcel that will be bordered by a walking trail and open space. Hmm. The area will operate from 4 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and will utilize existing parking within the development. An office trailer and a porta potty will also sit on the site. 
Sounds That's like pretty. The, port, uh, the porta potty's got to be in there too. Is that, mm. <laughs> is that is that the main attraction right there? I guess so. Good lord. Uh, sounds pretty. Uh, I don't know what that sounds like. I don't know if that sounds good or not. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of land down there. You know, but you, this is I, you know I haven't followed it closely enough to see what plans what, include a ten space parking garage ten space. It, 10 space? No, it has to be probably more than that. 100 spaces. Oh, under each of the two buildings. Okay, with additional parking throughout oh, the complex. Okay. All right. <laughs> I was going to say. I was going to say 10 space garage. 10 people get to yeah, ski at a time. That's not much. <laughs> the, not very many. The, uh, the problem, all of that development and everything else, and we can't get a rail station here and get extension to the to the MBTA, you know, to the to mm. commuter rails. There should be a commuter rail up here. Stop. And it's been... You know, they can't, no one can get their act together. You know, it's always proposed, you know, and this spot is could be it and that spot could be it and there's always a reason no and everything. You know, it's just, I don't know. Just doesn't, you know, it just, it's something that should, that should happen. And we get a ski slope ahead of that, you know? <laughs> I mean, really? Come on. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah. It's just that it's, it's not, it's not, you know, I just shake my head sometimes. All right. Well, there's my uh, notes from the kingdom, and there you go. Uh, 603-883-9900 is your phone number, 883-9900. Al is in Goffstown. Hey, Al. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, Al. What's up? I wanted to make addition to your uh, notes, Tom. Yes. Uh, The Salhagian girls cross-country team is also going to that meet in Oregon. They did qualify at the same uh, place that uh, Fisher qualified in New York. As a team? As a team. Okay. And know. also, you've got uh, Jackie Gott from Exeter and Pat, Patrick O'Brien yeah. from, uh, they're going to San Diego yeah. for for the Foot Locker Championships, right. uh, which I think people will probably remember way back when Matt Downing and John Mortimer yes, back in 94 yep. went 1-2 in the country yep. uh, way back. So exactly. uh, we've got certainly some... Uh, Good representatives heading out. That's west, always uh, the case here, isn't there? There's always some top national runners that are some some top high school kids that are going out there to run nationally. You know? Yeah, that's uh, the Footlocker one to me is always the the big one because uh, there are four regions in the country. Eight kids from each of those regions, eight boys, eight girls, make it. So you only right. get 32 kids in the whole country going to that meet. Uh, and New Hampshire historically has done very well, considering the size of our uh, our state and the number of kids we sent there. We've we've done really well. Yep. No, there's no doubt about it. It's a great cross. It's a good cross country state. Yep. For for that sport, no doubt. Yep. All right, Al. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Al. Thanks, guys. All right, Alan Goffstown checking in there at six zero three eight eight three. 9,900. Quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's Christian and King here on ESPN New Hampshire. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. We just bought a fixer-upper, and I don't know where to